That was Mrs. Ballinger who read the scripture. <clears throat> they just got married. Tanner sitting over here. They just got married. And look at them. They're sitting on opposite sides of the sanctuary. It's just, it'll get better. It'll get better. So, oh, it is so good uh, to be able to share God's word with you today. We started a new series last week. We started a series that we're calling Songs of Jesus. And the whole idea of this series is that uh, the Psalms, the book of Psalms, is really the song book of Israel. And so when Jesus is born to Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem's manger, he grows up as the Jewish child that he is. And as he's growing up, he is taught the Psalms. And so while we would say the Psalms are the songbook of Israel, in reality, the Psalms are the songs of Jesus. These are the, the prayers and the songs that Jesus would have prayed and sung when he gathered with God's people for times of worship. In fact, the Psalms, as Pastor Jared pointed out last week, are one of the books of the Old Testament that Jesus quotes from the most because he was very familiar with those words. And so this summer, we're walking through different psalms and, and seeing what they teach us about our own language of prayer and worship. Last week, Pastor Jared kicked off the series, and we learned a couple of things from him. We, we actually learned a lot of things from him, but perhaps the most important thing we learned is that we're not going to invite Jared to sing on the worship team. Now, if you weren't here last week and have no idea what I'm talking about, I just want to encourage you to go back and watch last week. You're going you're gonna to see Jared sing, or as Dr. Leslie said last Sunday, try to sing. And, uh, and so we're not going to invite Jared to come up here and, and lead any more music. But we did learn some really important things. We learned that life and this spiritual journey that we're on, it has seasons, Right? There are seasons that we would call mountaintops where we feel like we are close to God and where we're experiencing victory and life is full of celebration and spiritual growth seems to come easy. It just is natural for us. And then we have other seasons in life that we would call valleys, those places where we feel really distant from God. Those places where uh, our, our walk with God is filled with challenge and it might even be filled with doubt. And spiritual growth seems arduous and it seems hard to come by. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about a different kind of distance. Last week we talked about the distance that comes sometimes when it seems as if God is hiding or we can't seem to find where he's at in our lives. But there's another kind of distance that I think the book of Psalms speaks about. It's the kind of distance that comes when we decide to walk on a path for our lives other than the path that God has marked out for us. It's a distance that comes from our own choosing. When God has a place he wants us to go, a path he wants us to walk on, and we decide instead to go a different direction from the one God wants us to go, as we walk down this path, distance is created between us and God. And that's the distance I want to talk to you about today. I just kind of laid out for you the fact that there really are two paths in life. I mean, there are lots of different ways that we could talk about life and, and lots of different complicated philosophies and ideologies that we could talk about. But if I could just boil life down to the simplest reality for us today, it's very simply this. There are two paths in life. 
There's the path that God has marked out for our lives. And that path is God's desire, God's plan, God's purpose for our existence. It takes us directly to the destination that God has set for our target in life. And then there's every other path that takes us in any other direction besides that one. There's only two paths in life. One path that takes us to that place that God has for us. And then the other paths that take us away from that. In fact, in the church, we have this doctrine. It's called the doctrine of sin. And we don't often like to hear that word because it sounds like a condemning word, but, but it's really not intended to be a word of condemnation. Sin is just simply a word that means missing the mark. As if God has a target that he's aiming for when he's thinking about our lives and he's taking us to that target. And anytime we shift the focus of our life away from that target, we are missing the mark. And the church throughout the centuries has called that sin. And when we decide to live a life that's off target from the one God has for us, it can be said of our lives that we are living in sin. Now, here's the reality that puts us all on equal playing field, is that when we are born as human beings, which I think we're all human beings in here, uh, some of you, you know, we're trying to figure out, but, but we think, you know, all human beings in the room, right? Okay. No aliens among us, right? But here's the thing. As human beings, we are all born on a path other than the one God marked out for us. Just the reality. This is why when your kids are born, you don't have to take them to a class to teach them how to be selfish. They kind of just know it, right? You don't, have to, you don't have to take your kids and teach them how to steal from the cookie jar when you told them not to. Kids just figure that out. And then when you ask them, did you eat that cookie? And they have crumbs all over their face and they say, no, you didn't have to teach them how to do that either. They just kind of figure it out. Why? Because when we are born, we are all born going on a path other than the one God marked out for our life. The church calls that original sin. You didn't have to learn it. You didn't have to go to a class to figure it out. You didn't have to be trained in how to do that. It just comes naturally to us. It's part of being human. And so we spend our lives walking down this path that goes away from God's intended target for our life. And we have to come to a moment in our life where we recognize that and switch paths to God's plan for our life, or we will continue to go down this path that is our own path in life. This is the way life works. Now, here's the reality, is that as we're walking on this path, it's not as if the distance between us and God is something God just hopes we'll figure out. It's one of the beautiful things about God, is that as we go down this path, and we get maybe further and further and further away from God, God doesn't just stay over here with his fingers crossed hoping we figure it out. God actually, as we were singing about a moment ago, with his reckless love pursues us. 
He comes to where we are and he puts signposts along the path that we're on that even though we may not be thinking about God or, or even aware of the target that God has for us, God puts little signposts along the way to increase our awareness, to kind of wake us up and say, there's another path. Sometimes this happens in our life when we hit rock bottom. Right? We come to moments in our life and we realize the path that we've been on, it's just not working. And we think there's got to be a better way. That's one of the ways that God wakes us up, that there might be another path. Sometimes we, we get woken up to this other path when we have kids. We think to ourselves, Lord Jesus, please help us, Right? Or we think to ourselves, wait a minute, we're responsible for these little human beings. And we're supposed to teach them what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to live. And we realize we don't know how to do that. And then we think to ourselves, maybe, maybe we need to start being more intentional about our lives. And it forces us to start thinking about spiritual things. And we begin to examine this other path. Sometimes God sends people into our lives specific people who come alongside of us and they've already been on God's path and they know how to walk that journey and they find us in our path and in our journey and they share their story with us. And we start to think to ourselves, there's gotta be a better, different way for us to live. However God does it, God is constantly working for everybody who is on another path than the one he's marked out for us. God is constantly drawing people to himself. It's one of the beautiful things about God. And when, when we recognize that we're on the wrong path and we want to get on God's path, we also then have to realize that we can't get to God's path in our own strength. Right? It doesn't matter how long we've been on the other path. It doesn't matter how far we've gone down the path. It doesn't matter how, how great the distance is between us and God. We cannot move from this path to this path in our own strength or power. We do not have the capability to do that. Which again is another beautiful thing about God. God is not only drawing us to himself, but when we turn and say, okay, God, we want to change paths, God actually has grace, grace that forgives us for all of the days we've walked down this path, going away from what God has for us. And so he forgives us and he wipes the slate clean. And then God has power to pick us up off of that path and set us on a new path so that we can go a different direction. God's grace and God's power is what allows us to switch path. In the church, we call that salvation. Some people call it being born again because it is a brand new start, a fresh beginning. Now, even when we switch paths, there are still moments in our lives when the other path calls our name. Right? We can be on God's path and still, as the book of James says, be enticed away by our own evil desires. Just because you decide to be on God's path doesn't mean that the other path, your own way, your own plan for your life, doesn't mean that that path stops calling your name. There are moments when the path of your own choosing calls your name and you might be enticed to just step away. 
I call these inflection points because what I've discovered as I have talked with people, as I've examined my own life and my own spiritual journey is that we walk on God's path after this moment of salvation and we have moments in our lives where we get enticed to just step away. It's never five miles away. It's just an inch or two. In fact, it can be so subtle in our lives that we think to ourselves that what we're doing in this moment, this inflection point, is not really that bad because we actually still feel like we're going in the same direction even though we have one foot in God's path and one foot in another one. But if we give ourselves to this thing that's enticing us away over time, at some point, the paths go so far apart that you can't be in both anymore. And if we have been enticed away and if we've been giving ourselves to that thing that we want to do that's not in God's plan and purpose and path for our life, eventually we will be back on our own path. And if we walk that path long enough, we will find ourselves moving farther and farther away from God. I want to just kind of bring this home just for a moment to where we live. Because I think there are some people who are sitting in this room today and you've, you've only ever been on your own path. You've never, you've never switched paths. You, maybe you didn't even know there was another path. You're just walking on your own path. You're doing your own thing. God's been drawing you to himself. That may be why you're here today, because God's been stirring in your spirit. He's been putting people in your life. He's been giving you situations that have caused you to think there must be a different way, a better way, and you're exploring it. And if that's you, I just want to welcome you. We're so glad you're here. And you can hang out with us as long as you want to hang out. And you can ask your questions and and you can push back on what we believe. We welcome that. Because we just want to journey with you as you begin to explore what it means to maybe switch paths in your life. Some of you have never been on God's path. And maybe today, maybe you've learned enough, discovered enough that maybe today will be the day that you decide to switch paths. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that before the service is over. There are a whole bunch of you in this room today who have been walking on God's path. Some of you for weeks, some of you for months, some of you for decades. Some of you have been walking on God's path for longer than I've been alive. And yet, in the last few weeks, the last few months, the last year, You've stepped away. You've just, you've come to an inflection point. You were enticed away, maybe by something you thought you had victory over in your life. And it just called your name again. And you answered the call. Or maybe you encountered something in the last year or the last few weeks, or the last few months, that has never called your name before, but for whatever reason, it called your name, and you decided to respond, and you just stepped away. And now that thing is starting to take root in your life. And there's distance between you and God. David was an Old Testament character, uh, a pretty famous Old Testament character, actually. At a very young age, you know, David has this miraculous moment where he goes out and he kills this giant called Goliath, defeats the whole Philistine army, 
right? God clearly had his hand on David's life. The prophet Samuel goes to David and anoints David to be the next king. Saul was the first king of Israel and David would become the second. And Samuel anoints David to be king and David becomes a military leader. He actually begins to lead the armies of Israel. They begin to to defeat the enemies of Israel. And David is known as a great warrior and a great military leader. But he's not just that. He's actually a spiritual leader. In fact, when the people of God would gather together for times of worship, David was known as a passionate worshiper. Sometimes people would would sit in the back row of church and make fun of David for the way that he raised his hands and the way that he danced around and the way that he passionately worshiped God. But David didn't care. Because David loved God and was committed to worshiping the Lord. And not only did David do that personally, but he actually wrote many of the Psalms that are in the book of Psalms. They influenced the entire worship environment of Israel. This is the kind of person David was. This is why scripture in the Old and New Testament talk about David as a man after God's own heart. David's clearly walking on God's path for his life. Till one day, he's up on top of the palace roof. He's looking over the kingdom that God has entrusted to his care as king over God's people. And as he's up there on top of the palace, he looks over at another nearby rooftop and he sees a woman who has taken her clothes off and is bathing on her rooftop. This was a common practice in that day that they would keep their, their bath up on the roof. She was unsuspecting. She wasn't doing anything to try to entice David. But David is on top of his palace looking over his kingdom and he catches a glance at this woman. There's nothing inherently wrong with the first glance. It's not wrong to just see something. But David, at this inflection point, instead of stopping and turning away, David decides to answer the call of the other path. And so he begins to look at this woman. He determines in his heart that she's beautiful. And then his glance, which had become a look, which now becomes a longing, is turning into lust. He wants her for himself. So he sends his servants to do some investigation. As it turns out, she's married to one of David's military leaders, who happens at this point to be off in battle. So David sends his servants to the woman's home to bring her to himself. And then he sleeps with her. A man after God's own heart. A person who clearly has the hand of God on their life. The favor of God resting on them. God's using them to lead the military. To lead spiritually. To help the nation of Israel learn how to worship God. All of these things that God is doing through David's life. And yet David hears the call of another path. And at that inflection point, he ignores the stop signs. He blows through the guardrails and he enters another path for his life. Some of you have done that in the last year. 
And you might be the only person on this planet who knows that you've done that. You might be perfectly putting on the show, covering up all the defects. But the reality is you heard a call to walk down another path and you answered it. And there's distance between you and God. David realizes what he's done is wrong and and it gets worse because she's pregnant. What are you gonna do now? David has an idea. What if I call her husband back from serving so that they can have a night together? And when they have their night together, then when people find out she's pregnant, they'll just assume that the child belongs to him and and everything will be fine. It'll all be covered up and, and nothing will be wrong anymore. So remember what started as a glance, became a look, became a longing, became lust, became adultery, now has become deceit. He comes home and he's an honorable man. So he says to David, how could I go spend time with my wife? I I have men that I lead who are on the front lines right now. They're fighting in battle. What kind of leader would I be to pull myself out of battle so that I can go spend a night of pleasure with my wife? He says, I can't do that. And so he just sleeps on a cot at the palace. This doesn't fit in David's plan. So David comes up with another plan. Now we go from adultery to deceit to murder. David takes this man, sends him to the very front line where the chance of being killed increases dramatically. And he puts him right in the heart of the battle, right at the front line. And sure enough, this man dies. News comes back. The woman mourns the loss of her husband. And then David takes her to be his wife. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 26 says, she became his wife and bore him a son. All's well that ends well, right? Except verse 27 says, the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. There is a way that seems right to us as human beings, but in the end, it leads to destruction. And even if it seems right to us in our day, in our age, and even if every cultural voice says, if you want to do that, if that makes you happy, if that makes you feel good, just go do that thing. That's your own path, and that's what you're entitled to in this world. I just want to let you know, you are free to walk down that path. You can ignore the stop signs, you can bust through all the guardrails, and you can go down that path as far and as fast as you want to. But at the end of the day, you just have to know, if you are not on God's path for your life, the thing that you are doing displeases the Lord. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter if you feel good about it or if the world tells you it's okay. If God says it's not okay, it's not okay. God loves David. So he doesn't just let David go. He taps another guy on the shoulder, a guy by the name of Nathan. He says, Nathan, you gotta go talk to David. David's done some bad things. 
So Nathan goes to David, David tells David a story about a guy who's made some mistakes. And then he says to David, what would you do with this guy? And David says, well, I'd kill him. And Nathan says, interesting, because you're the guy. You're the guy, David. And this is why David is a man after God's own heart. Because when Nathan says to David, you're the guy, David says, I've sinned against the Lord. David doesn't justify, he doesn't make arguments against, he doesn't try to rationalize his behavior. He just simply admits what's true. I've sinned against the Lord. Which brings me back to us. Whether you're on your own path and you've never walked on God's path a single day in your life or whether you've been on God's path and maybe you've stepped away from it in this last year, I just wanna let you know whatever distance exists between you and God today and whatever reason that distance exists, there are just three tiny steps that you need to take to get back on God's path. And the first one we learn from David. Because David said, I have sinned against the Lord. After he says this to Nathan, David goes back to his own kind of personal devotions and he pens the words of Psalm 51, which was read for us earlier. And in Psalm 51, David begins by saying, I, my transgression, it's always before me. I know that I've sinned against you. You're going to be right when you judge me. Whatever words you speak against me, they're honest and they're true because I have stepped off of your path for my life and there's nothing else I can say about it. I've done what's wrong in your sight. This is the first step back to God. Just simply admitting the reality of where you're at, that you are on the wrong path. In the church, we call this confession. Confession just means to simply agree with God. When God says you're on the wrong path, confession says, yes, you're right, I am. We admit that we are on the wrong path. And then secondly, the second step back to God is to receive God's grace. We simply admit that we are on the wrong path and then we acknowledge that we cannot get back on God's path in our own strength, in our own power, in our own ability. We need God to do something for us that we simply cannot do for ourselves. We do not possess the ability or the power. Only God does. But here's the beautiful thing about God. If we confess our sins, admit that we're on the wrong path, then in that moment, God is faithful and just. Here's what 1 John 1, 9 says. It says he will forgive us our sins, the fact that we've been on the wrong path, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He actually puts us back on the right path. So we admit what's true about our lives. We, we do that through confession. We receive God's grace. Just like David did in Psalm 51, he says, have mercy on me, O God. Please, please have mercy on me. Cleanse me, make me new. We have to receive God's grace. And then thirdly, we have to start going in a different direction. 
in the church, we call this repentance. Repentance is just a fancy word that literally means to stop going your own way and to start going God's way. This is what we're all called to do, right? Not just to say, hey, we're, we're on the wrong path. Please forgive us. But we're on the wrong path. Please forgive us. And then please help us now go a different direction. Help us to get back on track with the target that you've set out for our life. This is what we are called to do. And no matter how long you've walked down your own path, no matter how far apart you are from God in this very moment, it's just three steps back. Because no matter how far you've gone down that road, God has been pursuing you every moment. So when you say, I'm on the wrong path, please forgive me, you don't have to shout at him because he's way, way over there. You can whisper because he's right there with you ready to forgive you of your sins, to pick you up by his grace and his power and put you right where he needs you to be. We're gonna close this service in just a moment and we're gonna do that by singing a song, the song we were singing earlier. It's a song that just talks about the reckless love of God. That there's no shadow he won't light up. There's, there's, there's no wall that he won't kick down. There's no lie that he won't tear down in your life. Why? Because he wants to welcome you back into his arms. He wants to put you back on his path for your life. Because God has a plan, he has a purpose, he has a desire for you. And more than anything else, he wants to see that plan, that purpose, that desire lived out. So I'm gonna invite the band to come back and they're gonna lead us in this song. While they're coming, I want you just to, to listen to me for just another moment. I've already talked to you this morning about the fact that some of you have been on your own path. You've never been on God's path. Today might be the day for you. Today might be the day where you just say, you know what, it's time for me to switch paths. Or maybe you've been walking on God's path for a long time, but some point in this last year, you came to an inflection point and you ignored the stop signs, you blew through the guardrails, and you are firmly on another path, taking you away from what God wants for your life. For whatever reason you're on this path today, whether you've always been there or you just started going down that path recently, there's distance between you and God and God doesn't want it to be that way. And you're here today in this room or with us online because God wants you to hear that he's inviting you to switch paths today by admitting that you're on the wrong path, by opening your life to receive his grace and by asking him to empower you and help you walk in a different direction. So here's what we're gonna do as we end the service. We're gonna sing this song. And while we're singing this song, some of you need to confess to God that you're on the wrong path. And I'm gonna ask you to do something bold and, and just kind of the way I am. Sorry, but not really. I just believe that the stuff we talk about when we're in this room really matters. In fact, I think the stuff we talk about in this room is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of you living life how you want or living life exactly the way God intends for you to live this life. 
And so I don't apologize for asking you to do something bold in this space to say, would you switch paths today and join the path that God has for your life so that you can experience everything that God has for you? So here's the bold thing I'm going to ask you to do. As we sing this song, I'm going to ask you, if you're in that place where you say, I'm on the wrong path and I want to be on God's path, I'm going to ask you to actually come to the front of the room. Now, I want to make something very clear. This is not in any way condemnation. Nobody's going to point fingers at you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you say anything or talk in front of people. We just simply would love as a team to meet you here at the front of this room, to walk with you as you take those three steps. Because the reason we're here is to help people close the distance between them and God. That's the only reason we're here. And so whether you've been on your path for your whole life, or whether you just stepped onto your own path in the last few weeks, I'm inviting you to come back to God today. So I wanna invite you to stand with me now and I wanna lead us in prayer and then we're gonna sing this song and if God is drawing you back to himself today, then I want you to make your way to the front of this room. We're gonna meet you down here. We're gonna pray with you. We're gonna help you. We're gonna guide you. Let's pray together as we walk into this time of commitment. Lord, these moments that we are in right now are sacred, sacred moments. These are moments where you are doing your work in our hearts and in our lives we just make ourselves available to you. So for the person that's in the room right now that's never switched paths, not one day in their life have they walked on your path for their life, would you call them to yourself in these moments and would you give them the courage to make their way to the front of this room? And God, for our brothers and sisters who have been walking on your path, but at some point, maybe recent days, weeks, months, even sometime over this last year, they've stepped away, ignored the stop signs, busted through the guardrails, and they find themselves far down a path taking them away from you. Would you call them back today? Let there be no shame no guilt and no condemnation in this room. Let there only be in this moment your voice inviting us back into your loving arms so that you can set us on the path that you have for our lives. Help us in these moments to come face to face with the overwhelming, reckless love of our God. We give these moments to you now. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If God is calling you back to himself, I want you just to make your way right to the front of this room as we sing this song.